shining a light on podcasts and videos that have caught our attention. The Spotlight with Jen Spiker. Weekdays on Vision and on demand in the free Vision Christian Media app. The Story. My brother, he was religious and I didn't think he was very cool at all. So I avoided him in case he talked to me about Christian things. <laughs> I was really not very nice to him actually. But anyway, uh, so I went into the hospital to see him with my mum and uh, there was some discussion. I don't remember much what we talked about, but I do remember coming down the staircase of the hospital and saying to my mum, I have a feeling that my brother's going to die. G'day, I'm Jimmy Colfax. Welcome to The Story. Well, you know, sometimes in life we go through really tough experiences and it doesn't seem like anything good could possibly come out of them. But as we'll hear in today's conversation with Warren and Janet Thayer from Perth, God has an amazing way of bringing beauty out of ashes and turning tragedy into triumph. Warren and Janet Thayer are sharing their story with Eric Scatterbo. Welcome to the program, Warren and Janet. Thank you very much, Eric. Good on you, Eric. Thank you. Yes, well, look, yeah, we're coming up for nearly our 35th wedding anniversary, and uh, Janet can probably remember me as a young child, and I can't quite remember her, but I, she tells me I was just a young brat that used to be running around in the church that we used to go to. But we actually met together really as adults for the first time at a funeral, and uh, yeah, it sounds pretty. Uh, um, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Not a lot of couples can say no, that. That's yeah, right. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, so Janet's going to tell us the story about how that happened. Yes. Okay. Well, I I can remember it was August of 1981, and a few months previously, my brother Adrian, uh, he was 29 at the time. He uh, had been having some epileptic fits. And uh, he uh, went and had a CT scan and they discovered what they thought to be some tumours on his brain. And uh, anyway, they decided that they thought it would be a good idea to do a biopsy of these to determine whether or not they were cancerous or tumours, whatever. Anyway, so he went into hospital uh, the 26th of August and uh, I went in to see him with my mother. Uh, She... um, Obviously, we were concerned about him, but he, it was apparently not a serious operation. Were you close with your brother? Uh, not really, because he was quite—he was very religious, and I was definitely not. And uh, so, uh, oh, anyway. we want to get into your background as far as faith goes. Yeah, no, uh, I used to go to Sunday school as a child, right through primary school years. But then, when I uh, got into high school, I saw some of my so-called Christian friends or friends from Sunday school behaving way differently to what mm-hmm. they came across in Sunday school, and I decided I don't want that. They're a bunch mm-hmm. of hypocrites. Thank, no, thanks very much. That's not the way I wanted to go. And uh, my brother, he was religious and I didn't think he was very cool at all. So I avoided him in case he talked to me about Christian things. (laughs) I was really not very nice to him actually. But anyway, uh, so I went into the hospital to see him with my mum and uh, Warren's, uh, his mum and dad were there. Uh, Now they were his youth pastors from uh, the Christian Endeavour youth group that he used to go to. And... uh, Anyway, there was some discussion. I don't remember much what we talked about, but I do remember coming down the staircase of the hospital and saying to my mum, I have a feeling that my brother's going to die. And my mum, of course, said, oh, 
don't say that. It's not serious. You know, it'll be all right. It's just a biopsy. He'll be fine. Anyway, it was uh, the next day uh, or two days later, yeah, uh, I at the time was looking after his three-year-old daughter because his 18-month-old son was in a children's hospital having febrile fits because he'd had some serious uh, ear infections that were causing him to have these fits. This was happening at the same time? At the same time. So, oh, wow. So Adrian had been having fits and the young boy had been having fits. So I was looking after uh, his daughter and anyway, uh, Warren's father, Hedley Thayer, came and knocked at my door to come and pick up Melinda and uh I said, what's wrong? And uh, he, he had come to get her because the operation that Adrian had, the biopsy, it turned out that it was not a uh, brain tumour. It was a called a... What is it? An arteriovenous malformation. malformation yeah, yeah, which is a blowout of a blood vessel, which means if you pierce it with a biopsy needle... It explodes. Well, oh, it just so bursts, he and he went into a coma. Yeah, and then the blood just poured into his brain. They couldn't stop it, so uh, Headley Thayer had come around to pick up Melinda to take her to the hospital because her dad was dying. Oh wow! Now at this point, <laughs> let me just pause and say that Warren, you are Doctor Warren Thayer. Can you kind of give us a little bit of medical background and what was happening? So back in those days, before we had uh, MRIs available, uh, often the only way that you could accurately diagnose what was going on was to do an open biopsy where uh, the skull was opened and uh, they went in and, and they actually were able to took a piece of tissue to try and find the diagnosis and thereby work out what the appropriate treatment could be. But, uh, yeah, everything has risks associated with it and, uh, unfortunately, this was one of those risks and, as Jan said, it was an arteriovenous malformation which is a highly vascular lesion and uh, the walls of the blood vessels are very thin and fragile within the brain and uh, the brain is not, is, not a, is not a very strong, solid structure um, and so... It, it's very difficult to control the bleeding once it starts. You know, these days they, they treat these things a lot differently. Mm. And, uh, but in those days it was the best medical advice and treatment that was available. And, um, yeah, he was, he was well cared for by, you know, the top surgeon of the day. And this was an accepted risk. And, yeah, and that's when uh, Janet uh, was called... His daughter was brought in to see him. Yeah. And uh, as uh, Hedley Thayer came in to get Melinda, um, I said to him when he told me what had happened, I just said to him, why would God take someone so good and leave me someone so bad? And I, even though I wasn't a religious person, I didn't talk about sin or anything like that, but I just knew that the way I was living my life, which at the time was normal for the day, I was, <laughs> don't really want to go into what I was getting into, but well, it certainly wasn't anything style. that was God-honouring. Hmm. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so he said to me very kindly, he said, look, it's, it's not that Adrian was any better than you. It was that he understood that uh, as a sinner that he needed God's uh, 
saving grace in his life and that he had accepted Christ's work on the cross for him. And he said, you know, that's something that you can do too. And it was at that point uh, that I, I wanted what my brother had. And I just said, how? And so he went through and told me, and I, I guess I, I recited the sinner's prayer, but I really meant it. <laughs> mm. So now, yeah, quite a change from hey, I don't want to have anything to yeah. do with him. He's all religious and yeah, yeah. Weird. I would, I really kept him at arm's length, and uh, but uh, from that point on, I had an insatiable thirst to know things of God, and uh, thankfully, uh, Headley Thyer at that time uh, lived nearby me, and he uh, he helped me, and I threw hundreds of questions on him, a lot of. <laughs> questions about prayer and how does God answer prayer? everyone's prayer all at the same time? It doesn't any things like that. But he was very gracious, and God really used him to help me to grow into my Christian faith. Yeah, so that was twenty eighth of August, nineteen eighty one. I'll never forget it. <laughs> you put your faith in Jesus. Yeah, the, the day Adrian died was the day that I committed my life to the Lord, and, and you, it was and, and it was the day that you became alive. Yeah, that's right. I became alive the day my brother died. And the thing is that my sister-in-law said, because she was going through trauma with her other child, of course, being in the hospital with fits, she said to me that Adrian used to pray for me over the past few years, often with tears, thinking I was just too hardened that I'd never commit to the Lord because I was very anti. And she said, you'll never understand how you doing this today. <laughs> mm. So who would have thought out of such a tragedy that that would be the one thing that would break through your hard heart to get you to even think about God? Yeah. I now understand that uh, obviously the Holy Spirit had been working on my heart through him praying. I didn't know that, of course, but uh, I understand that now. But back then, of course, I didn't. Anyway, so that was the day that really changed my life and... uh, I never, ever want to go back to what I was, ever. So were, were you, like, in a bad way? Were you depressed? Oh, or well, how, I was had, life okay? I but had then all of a sudden quite, this a, happened? quite a few uh, relationships that didn't go anywhere. I was into quite a bit of alcohol and drugs as well. And uh, I wasn't very satisfied in my job situation because I didn't think it was anything much worthwhile. I just, I, I wanted something and I just didn't know what it was or where to get it from. Mm. And then all of a sudden this happened. And then when uh, this happened with Adrian, it changed. It was almost as if I just understood things. Just open your eyes? Yeah, it opened my eyes. I Yeah. And from then on, I, I as I said, I was insatiable in my desire to read the scriptures and I really sensed that... Uh, God was teaching me day by day. And, yeah, I have needed his strength and guidance every day. And it's something that I have sought for every day. It's not something that was just a fly-by-night decision and then, oh, well, a few days later, I look, I don't mean it. No, I actually did. And uh, I really sensed that the, the Lord God was working through me.
You're listening to The Story. Today, Warren and Janet Thayer from Perth are chatting with Eric Scadabo about the amazing way Janet's life turned around after the death of her brother, Adrian. And little did she know at the time, but it was her future father-in-law, Headley Thayer, who led her to put her faith in Jesus. We'll find out more about Headley and how Warren and Janet met when we return. If this program has highlighted something you'd like prayer for, we'd love to pray for you. Call 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's 1-800-772-936. It's a free call. Or text 0401 132 Hi, I'm Jimmy Colfax, and this is The Story. We're continuing with Eric Scadabo chatting with Warren and Janet Thayer from Perth, Western Australia. As we heard before the break, it was the death of Janet's brother that was really the turning point in her life. And it was actually Warren's father, Headley, who played a major role in leading both her brother, Adrian, and later Janet, to putting their faith in Jesus. Another part of the story that is really uh, good to remember, Jan, is is the fact that um, you know, your brother, he uh, came from a family that where a number of them thought that they were uh, Christians, yeah. um, but really didn't have that real knowledge and that, that saving faith. And that subsequently through uh, your witness, um, your younger brother, um, Kevin, yeah, uh, he uh, came to know the Lord. And uh, even though your brother wasn't there to see it, it was it was through uh, in a, in effect his legacy through you that yeah. happened. And then um, there's obviously your mum. Yeah, she came to know the Lord. At uh, how old was she? Sixty nine. Oh wow. Yeah. Mm. So my brother's death had quite an impact, not only on myself but on my younger brother, who said, "I want what you've got, George." That's what he used to call me. And. Uh, <laughs> And then uh, we used to pray and pray for my mother, and my, then my father died, who then no longer had a hold over my mum's coming and going, so she started going to church, and uh, she became a Christian through one of our church uh, social events, and really come to know the Lord in a way that she never did. She was brought up in a Christian sort of home as a child, but they never... Um, pray to you. They never really talked about the saving grace the of Christ. Part. And a personal they didn't. They yeah. had no idea. And so mum came to know the Lord at 69 years of age. Oh, wow. And was baptized in our pool. Oh, wow. <laughs> that yeah. was pretty cool. Now, I want to back up because <laughs> yeah. it's kind of neat that the person who led you to the Lord was your future husband's father. Yeah. Who, tell us about what was his role again? Your father? Yeah, so my, um, my father was the uh, a minister of the local Methodist church in Midland, and uh, he uh, he came to know the Lord at a Billy Graham crusade, and um, he had been a, a a pretty rough diamond when he was a young fellow, and probably in his late twenties he uh, came to know the Lord, and um, he eventually entered the Methodist ministry and had a heart for uh, for young people and youth. Uh, he went to the uh, the local high school, and um, where at that time he was probably involved in teaching scripture, and he got talking to some of the some of the young lads that were there at the time, and um, 
my father had a, a really good way with young people, and he encouraged them to come to uh, the local youth group at Christian the church. Endeavor. Yeah, and um, yep. it was it was through that group of young people that um, Adrian end, ended up coming to uh, uh, know the Lord and. Um, he was really fair dinkum about his faith. Yeah, it sounds like he was really yeah. on fire. Yeah, he was, and I just thought he was an uncool oh, weirdo. Did, yeah, he was just a dag, and I thought I didn't want to hang out with him. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted him to bring home some cool-looking mates, and he didn't. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. so he led your brother to the Lord as well? That's right. Uh, he yeah. led my brother, Kevin, that's the younger brother. He came to the Lord three months after I did. And that was again through Adrian's death, and uh, mm. and then he also was, um, I guess, discipled by Warren's dad. Mm. <laughs> oh wow! So yeah, yeah, it's it's been quite a family connection. So all of was... this kind of coming about through your brother Adrian's death. Yes. So that's let's right. talk about the funeral because that's significant in your relationship. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so. Um, yeah, as funerals are, they're uh, a pretty sombre event, and uh, we went back to um, uh, your parents' place, Janet, for uh, a bit of a wake afterwards, and um, I, I don't know if I remember seeing you you at, at the funeral, but you saw me, I did, you? and I just had this really weird... <laughs> thought in my head and you could call it the words of God I don't know but at the time it was just like this is the man you're going to marry this was at the funeral that was at the funeral it was so <laughs> weird and I not can remember not usually where people find no, their no and I can spouse. remember thinking marriage is a good institution if you want to live in an institution <laughs> and that's what I had always thought of marriage before so you weren't uh, interested in marriage before no and that's the thought that came in my head when I saw him. That's this is the man bizarre. I'm going to marry. Yeah. And this is at your my brother's, brother's funeral. funeral. We didn't actually start going out till about five months later. But well, that well, how, was how just... do we go from that thought in your mind to dating? Who wants to take this? <laughs> yeah. Well, I can sort of Yes. Well what happened is I actually lived in the in Warren's grandfather's cottage, which was next door to Warren's mum and dad. So over She was renting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, just renting it. Yeah. yeah, and so over a period of time, you know, I got to see Warren mm-hmm. and yep. just occasionally, and we were, were you we still were friends. Thinking these things? No, I was going out with someone else at the time. <laughs> 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 and okay. he had someone else that was interested in him. But anyway, but, but then you did we think that th- that thought had yeah. been at the funeral, but it wasn't something that I was entertaining. It was just the thought just that I had yep. at the funeral. And the reason I guess we, well, I do know now that we got together was we, there was a Christian Endeavor convention that was happening in Queensland. And because, like I said earlier, I was insatiable to learn. I was just sucking up anything that I could grab my hands on and listen to. As a new Christian? Yeah, as a new Christian, I just really wanted to learn. So I wanted to go. And because Warren's father had been a president of Christian Endeavor for several years, hadn't he, Mm -hmm. Warren? Yeah. And uh, so Warren decided that he'd go along, so we caught the bus together to go to Queensland. But you had a boyfriend at the time? Well, I'd just broken off him more because he wasn't the guy that I really wanted to. Okay. So you were single and available. 
Yeah. Lauren. And the other girl was just not picking up quick enough. <laughs> Let's hear your side of the story, Warren. Yes. Well, um, we uh, you just spend a lot of time with people, and and Janet would kept asking me lots and lots of questions about the Christian faith and and what it meant, and um, and as you do, you you get to know people really well, and there was a obviously a, a natural attraction between us and uh, it just it really just took off and it grew from there you liked and my legs didn't you are <laughs> <laughs> yeah. allowed to say that over radio this is a PG <laughs> program here <laughs> sorry yes and um, they are happily married yeah. for over 30 years yeah, <laughs> that's right yeah and uh, so the relationship grew and uh, and uh, we sort of Started going out, and after six months, um, we really started to think seriously about where the relationship would would go from there. And uh, you I, asked your dad, didn't you? Yeah, asked dad about <laughs> it and uh, get some advice and and so forth. And that was good. And then I sort of made some comment to you about the relationship where it was going, didn't I? Yeah, and yeah. I thought you were asking me to marry you. I got it wrong. Yeah, we'll. we'll, we'll <laughs> We were just having the discussion, and, and, uh, you know. But anyway, it wasn't that romantic. <laughs> and then eventually, uh, yeah, eventually, I got around to doing it properly. Yeah, oh, that's very good. So, how many years was that after you met at the funeral that you were married? We were married pretty much a year, and well, we started going five months after August. So, yeah, that was into January. And then uh, twelve months later, twelve months later, Jan- yeah, January the eighth, the following year, we were married in, yeah. Oh so, wow! And yeah. it all started at your brother's funeral. My brother's funeral. That's how it all began. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and Warren, you don't remember anything out of the ordinary at the the funeral? Not not really. Um, it, it wasn't. I mean, I. Uh, it's interesting to hear about it. Uh, afterwards, because um, I'm just a, uh, only a couple of years younger than and Janet, but she can. Did you have to say that? <laughs> <laughs> Was that necessary? <laughs> but she can remember me. <laughs> she tells me the story of me being this young, loud, noisy brat of a child running around at the church. Uh, you were nine then, and I was, tw- you know, I was nearly twelve. I thought I was cool, and you weren't. Yeah, well, of course, I was nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that is how you met and eventually married. We're going to have more of this story because that's just the beginning. You hmm. have been speaking at marriage conferences together. As I mentioned earlier, Warren, you're a doctor, mm. and your faith plays a big part of mm. being a doctor yeah. as well and ministry work. And you have children who are doing wonderful things for the Lord as well. So we'll have more of the Warren and Janet Fire story when we return next time. Thank you so much for telling us the beginning of how you two met today. Thank you so much. Thank you very much, Thanks, Eric. Eric. It's been a pleasure. That was Eric Scatterbo chatting with Warren and Janet Fire from Perth, Western Australia. And once again, their story is a really good example of how God can take some of our worst experiences in life And looking back, we can see how he is ultimately able to use them for our good. Hence the biblical phrase, beauty from ashes. Well, how about you? Have you had a similar tragic experience and you need someone to pray with and help you put it all in perspective? Our prayer line is 1-800-PRAY-FOR-ME. That's one 800 772 
1-800-772-936. We would love to pray for you at 1-800-772-936. Well, thanks for joining us. I'm Jimmy Colfax, encouraging you to share your story with someone today. Next time on The Story. A large component of medical practice is dealing with people's social and mental problems. And uh, through that process, you get to know people pretty well. And uh, one of the things is that people like, they like their doctors to be human in a sense, for their doctors to be able to perhaps share some of their own journey. Once again, Warren and Janet Thayer from Perth join us to tell more of their story. Warren is a doctor and will share how his faith impacts his practice and how he and Janet are helping other couples by being involved in marriage ministry. That and more next time. The Story. Just another way vision is connecting faith to life.